This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to um, Meet, Meet Your Congregation. I almost <laughs> forgot. I almost said welcome to This Is Radiocast. That's been a long <laughs> oh, time. Oh, man. So, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meet Your Congregation, um, uh, Revolution Church, where we do exactly what it's called is we meet your congregation congregation we uh, have a mostly online listenership and so we want you guys to get to know each other a little bit and see what uh folks who are listening to or thinking or into or doing so that's what we're doing today mm-hmm. um today's guest is harley is it harley matthews or is it harley dean matthews uh harley matthews is fine okay yeah. is dean your middle name i started adding the dean a couple years ago okay like a race car driver when you got three names um right <laughs> so um harley where are you from and what do you do let's see uh i'm from corpus christi texas which is pretty much as southest as it gets um we are about two hours from laredo um and what do i do is the longer answer probably yeah. <laughs> um we wear uh, my wife and I wear all the hats. So I'm a full-time student here locally in Corpus. Um, I'm a history major with a religious studies minor. Um, we own a small business called Love is a Seed. Um, we make contemplative jewelry and then jewelry of all different types, um, oh, cool. custom work, as well as uh, um, kind of a standard, you know, uh, routes of different prayer tools and things from all traditions. Um, cool. We also, I help out at a, at a church and we do a heavy metal service once a month just to give people a different option. Uh, my brother's in that band. He lives here locally too. Uh, what else? Is that the brewery? Is that the church you're referring to? Well, thy kingdom come is actually a whole separate deal. It started around the same time. It started in 2009. The brewery started in 2008. Um, and it's, it started as a, we're kind of sick and tired of like going to church and being pissed off by like Tuesday afternoon at, in our regular life. Mm-hmm. We were like, we needed something to just defunk and um, process what we were going through on a daily. Um, that turned into a community of conversation. Uh, we had, and that's something we can maybe talk about a bit, but um, it's been going now 11 years and wow. it moved very quickly from Christian focus to um, all kinds of people, all kinds of folks and, and challenging my own theology and pushing me into a place of, um, the person over the the uh, placement, whatever people would place that person as, um, or in whatever box, you know. So uh, it's funny when you right when you think you're like, oh, I'm at this place of, uh, I'm, I'm here and I'm fully there, and then you meet something or you have an experience that you're like, oh, now I have to stretch it out a little mm. more and a little further. Yeah, you're so. not as inclusive as you thought you were. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Has that been, that's a tough stretch though, right? I mean, it's, it can really. It has been, um, tough and like, um, I don't know what comes first processing what happens or just the happening itself. Right. Like, right. I don't think you can do them at the same time. Um, the biggest example, uh, we're sitting in a small cafe in like a like 10 by 10 space with some couches and things and we're chatting and I make some like kind of, um, wild statement that I thought was super hip and cool and, I was like, Jesus didn't want to start a church. You know, he wanted to like revolutionize the world, you know? And uh, a lady goes, well, I think Jesus was, was um, Muslim and wanted to 
hold true to Muslim tradition and that he loves um, Allah. And it was this lady that like, no clue. Right. And I had no idea, right? No, no like tech tactile element of like, this is my identity and was brought by a friend. And at that moment I had this like, well, what do I do now? And all I could say is tell me more, yeah. you know, like I have, I have no idea what to say about that. And it was funny because, you know, 10 years prior, I probably would have said something like, no way, let's, let's get into a dialogue about that. But it became, I need to know who you are. Like you're holding this baby in your arms and you tell me something not contrarian at all, just literally out of, this is my passionate response. And I, uh, so it quickly made me a listener faster than a talker. And I have a bad habit of being the talking. Coach, <laughs> so. I know how that goes. <laughs> What's the what's the heavy metal service like? Um, heavy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is it just like local bands or? Yeah, so um, there's a band in town called Gratitude Texas, and they started out uh, with a, a different band. So the kind of the the band's the focal point of the of the ministry, hmm. um, and uh, in the sense that it was the five guys that were like, let's do it, let's make it happen, and let's create some space where folks that don't want to harbor the archways of even the church that, they, that hosts them can come and experience a message of like hope and, and grace. Um, the bands have changed. It went from like super doom metal type sound. And that was all the music. There was no like acoustic cover of mm. something. And then like one doom song in the beginning, it was just that. And you kind of, you had lyrics up on a sheet. Uh, now it's a lot more like a uh, hardcore sound. Um, things like, uh, I guess the Christian element of like looking forward or uh, my brother's a big punk head. So he wants like one twenty one covers all the time and <laughs> they do JCHT as often as they're allowed. And <laughs> um, it's the band favorite, not always the crowd favorite. <laughs> and, um, but it's been interesting and, and hosting it at a Methodist church has been interesting too, with their transition and uh, their struggles right now. And, and uh, but it's a once a month event, not meant to, to, um, take over someone's spiritual life or, or, you know, church rob from anybody. It's literally just a, here's an option, you know, here's something that you can do once a month and, and get a little bit of, uh, encouragement. So it's pretty neat. It's really interesting. Is it more traditional as far as belief systems? I know often like I've grown up with like biker churches and heavy metal churches, and often you can find it to be more conservative than you would expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good point. I grew up with uh, assemblies of God tradition, and so I'm, yeah, I'm kind too. of familiar <laughs> with that whole. There's like a niche market for every type of thing, yep. but you kind of get the same sermon the whole yeah. way. Um, I I'm often preaching there, and I try to be more broad. Um, I I don't want to give something that they're going to get every other place they go. Um, but over time, it's been it's been that repeated message of. Um, you're included. Here's a place for you. You may not find that in, in other experiences you have. Um, so kind of likewise, don't think that now you can go to church and you're all of a sudden going to be totally accepted, yeah. but also don't think that this is the only place for that too. Mm. You know, there's, there's growth on both sides of it. Um, it moved once from, from the Methodist tradition, um, chose a different church, um, because of leadership. Um, and it has moved back because leadership has become a lot more open 
Um, we're real clear that we're open and affirming in that service. Oh, cool. We're real clear that it is a uh, tied into St. John's United Methodist. And at the same time that, you know, we can agree to disagree on various things. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. That's I awesome. wouldn't call it conservative. I don't know. Yeah. So you're, um, are you going to, you're going to school studying history and religion. Mm-hmm. Do you have a path that you're you're looking to go on in your life? Like, I mean, are you looking to become stay a minister, or you want to become a history teacher, or a writer? Or? Right. So, um, I'm 35. I just turned 35 November 4th, and the last uh, 15 years or so has been ministry. That was kind of the thing. It was given to me by the AG folks, and like, this is your call. And I kind of kept, I kept wanting to grasp that. Um, and I don't, to be totally honest, my wife and I've shared a lot about it and we're like, I just don't trust the church to, as a whole, like to be in ministry full time to, um, give us the life that we want. So my route right now with school is history major, religious studies minor. I'm looking to go to graduate school and teach on a college level. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a, the same kind of like, there's a space there, you know, to have dialogue and have conversation, which is what the brewery became. So I kind of, it's naturally moved me away from traditional pastoring to um, giving talks, uh, writing. I'm big into like contemplative stuff like uh, Thomas Merton. I'm looking forward to doing things like that. Um, And I feel like that's not losing myself. Um, It's been the big question of, you know, am I going to let, have to let go of a bunch of my um, identity, whatever that means. Uh, to go into this other field, but at, you know, at some point you pick what's, you know, what's right and what can meet both, both spheres. Cool. So. You mentioned earlier about um, meeting people and new experiences, kind of uh, changing your personal theology. You don't have to, you know, go into a, a super detailed explanation. You don't have to even explain it if you, if you don't want to, but I'm just curious, maybe recently, maybe in the past, like five years, have you seen any specific shifts in your own personal worldview? Yeah, five years. Um, I don't know. I was just trying to not not make it too broad of a question. Just recently, I guess. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a habit of, uh, this is my professor always condemning me for, like, uh, or not condemning me, that's me. Hmm. I don't know. You you talk really widely, you know, talk more specifically. Um, You can go as broad as you want. You know, it's totally up to you. I'm just curious about how your personal journey has been kind of evolving your, uh, your theology. Yeah. So growing up AG, it was very like cut and paste. Like you had everything in front of you. This is exactly what you know to do and how to do it. And there was this weird promise of like, if you do this, you're going to be successful. These like, they, mm, there's this misusing yeah. of text, like um, your calling makes a way for you. And that can be true. Like, but what it made for my wife and I was a whole lot of pain when we would go to a church and bring our friends that were LGBT or we would bring our friends that were like not interested in converting. They were just interested in community and they were told to leave or we were told that we're going to be phased out, you know? Um, so a lot of that became, I guess the most recent, like overwhelming things going on in my, my head and my faith at the moment is identifying myself as Christian is still something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, um, I love like Buddhism. I love Hinduism. Mm. I love studying religion because I think that ultimately they're all saying similar things, mm. but I don't, I'm not going to let go of that, uh, 
a central point for my life, but not require it for others. Cool. And, and that, that's a huge thing for me. That was a huge shift. And I was sitting at a, at a, a service that a friend of mine was doing. And I thought to myself, Oh, I'm not like that. Or I'm not like this, or I'm not like that. And so moving away from the, I'm a Christian, but not like, You're right. has been a really big, big, like turning point for me. Because what I do is inevitably I find myself spending all my time telling people what I'm not like. Hmm. And then I find out, Oh, well, what's my identity? Like, what am I like? You know? Yeah. Um, Kind of defending the, the abused Jesus instead of letting the abused Jesus be like, Hey, I'm getting beat up and I've had, I've been through it before. It's okay. You know? Yeah. It's tough not to put that. I'm not like everybody else, yeah. you know, because people hear that mm-hmm. word Christian or whatever. Just, everybody carries so much baggage with them that it's kind of tough. Everybody's got their own glasses, and sometimes all you can do is kind of what's you know just really? be in people's lives and let them see it, you know. Yeah. Um, Actions speak louder. Yeah. Right. You know, and get yeah. to know people yeah, over time. Sure. Um, but that's tough. Yeah. So what you know, it's you got all this going on in your life. And I guess you listen to podcasts and you listen to revolution. Mm -hmm. Um, How'd you find out about revolution and what kind of brought you into it? Yeah. So um, that's a, that's, that goes pretty far. Um, I read son of a preacher man when I was, when it came out. Okay. That was a long time Um, ago. It was years ago. Yeah. 2001, I guess I looked at it earlier. I was like, I don't even remember. (laughs) Um, I will, you know, and, and, followed whatever was being published out of um, Atlanta. And then when you moved to New York and then now, um, and it's been this um, space of consistency. Consistent change. Well, well, but I was listening to the interview with uh, Yarborough the other day. Yeah. And, he said something that I thought was so funny. And I don't know if anybody else has said it, but he said, keep doing all the sermons on Galatians, like keep doing it. (laughs) Um, And there was this like chuckle in the room and kind of like, Oh, you know, Um, it was a revolution has been a place where um, I can always hear grace. I can always hear uh, the recent turn towards um, maybe not turn like, this revealing nature y'all have been doing the last few podcasts, maybe the last three months or so of uh, there's a left side and right side, but that's not the discussion. That's not the real discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're stuck in that discussion, then we're never getting to like talking together. Mm-hmm. And that's huge for me. Um, I don't think that's never been said by y'all, but I feel like, especially right now. And I mean, you kind of repeat this pretty often, Jay and, and Caleb, like, um, if we're going to have a discussion, some of these things that we hold to so true to have to be not tabled, but reorganized, maybe, you know, so we can have those dialogues, you know, um, that's been huge for me with, with listening recently, oh, great. Uh, because so much of our life is, is conversational based. It's so much of, um, not what do you believe, but what are we doing? Um, the revolution has been that for me. Um, it was also, it ultimately led me towards believing I had a space in ministry that, that 
reading that book, um, hearing things like church should be more like AA than like, you know, what it usually is. Um, Statements about the intersection of, to me, like before I got into like, what's the intersection of Buddhism and Christianity, right? Like what's mysticism? It was as simple as like, what's the intersection of Joe Strummer and Jesus Christ? Like, you know, like, like really, like there's gotta be layers to this sort of thing. And that permission to be there that you gave to online listeners, even way back. I mean, um, and then recently just having on all the people you've had on is, is so neat. And, um, so I heard about it online, um, and then through your book, uh, and various the three books. Otherwise, uh, we met in Austin, Texas, uh, when you did a book tour. Yeah. Um, was that book people? Book people. Yeah. 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 I had a really ungodly mess of a mustache. At the time. <laughs> yeah. I like book people. I did a couple. Oh man. Every book tour I've done, I've gone to there. Yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenal space. Anytime we're in, we're in Austin, we try to go by there. Um, and you got water right across the street and there's food right down the way. So yeah, kind of the perfect that whole spot. area is awesome. Yeah. It's really cool, man, to hear you. And it, it's encouraging to us to, to hear you, um, affirming, uh, kind of like the recent direction that Jay's been kind of leading things, you know, with, with trying to find, uh, common grounds and, and promoting, um, not, we, we point out we're not a safe space, but we're, we're an affirming space, you yeah. know, not only for like the quite the it's cool that the conversation has shifted from LGBTQIA plus to like the dash is kind of a given now. And now the question is, well, now now who's the other is kind of what, what we we're trying to ask, yeah. you know, and for, for us, I think a lot of times um, maybe I don't know for up, up until maybe like you said, as recent as three months ago. Harley, or maybe maybe even a little bit longer than that, but up in, up until a while, every time we would bring up someone on the right, it was I think a pretty negative sentiment, and so I think there's a lot of self correction in there even. Yeah, um, and, and so it's nice and it, it's nice and encouraging to hear someone who connects with us um, observing that on their own accord and and letting mm-hmm. us know that it's it's helpful to hear, uh, you know, a yeah. listener expressing that is is really nice for us. Yeah. No. I mean, so. I mean, you, Jay, you've mentioned multiple times, like, I have friends that are in, in, you know, like, I don't want to say regular, but like regular churches, they're not, they're not doing this kind of thing that maybe looks radical to some people. And I call them and discuss this thing or that thing with them, especially when y'all visited the, or not visited, you were part of the immigrant reform. And that's a huge yeah. thing down here in South Texas. Um, you just saying that is like freeing for some of us that are kind of like, wait, okay, we it's necessary in deconstruction maybe to like go find your crowd and like just stay there and like really like develop. But if we don't like, but not at the state for like the, I don't know if, I guess what I'm learning from that, from those kind of comments, just the comments themselves is holding those relationships is key. Like to you not fall, you know, me holding those relationships I have is key. And not falling into my own, my own glory or my own rightness, you know, or, or leftness maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it's easy to like kind of like, you know, pat yourself on the back for being whatever, you know, being woke or being conservative or whatever, being with your own crowd or sticking to your guns in certain situations. It's hard to think outside of that comfort zone and that you know revolutionary mm-hmm. thought. You know, even like I've talked some lately about anarchy. You know, and like. 
there's a temptation to go towards that. You know what I mean? It's like it's this constant sure. like where do am I going to migrate to? And, you know, you're not going, wait, you know, this isn't about migration. This is about exploration and kind of experiencing yeah. all those things and been living in this kind of constant, like, you know, I'm a traveler, you know, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not putting my flag down anywhere. Yeah. It's a know? very postmodern approach, I guess. And, uh, it's tough to, mm-hmm. it's tough to have cause it's, you know, certainty is not always with you, you know, and doubt seems to be more of a passenger, you know, but you know, you learn and, and you hear, you know, like conversations like this, you hear like, oh, okay, you know, people are, are hearing it and, and getting something out of it sure. and, it, you know, and they're doing more than we are. Um, you know, no, or, no you know, I'm just saying, you know, you're doing work, you're doing right. this, you know, same type of thing, you know, and that we're helping here in, you know, middle of Minnesota, you know, or wherever we are in Minneapolis, <laughs> um, you know, helping encourage that and, and help with, you know, your thoughts and thinkings and theology, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's why I, I, you know, besides my kids, that's the reason I wake up in the morning, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. that's why I, I read and I listen to things and I talk to people because, you know, you want to see people, you know, live life and live life well. You know, you want people to get this ideas and and take these ideas and use it to have, I mean, I want people to have a better life, you know, um, not a happy mm-hmm. life. I'm not trying to sell happiness by any means, you know, because right, suffering right. is such a huge part of life, but being able to live in those constructs or those, you know, diversities or adversity, uh, adversity, I think is what I'm looking mm-hmm. for, you know, and, and make it through that and still have a good life, you know, and, and right. see both right. sides. And, and, um, so yeah, I mean, that's great to hear, mm-hmm. you know, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's I was, I'm always shocked when people listen. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even think we'd ever get online. When a friend was like, we're going to put this on the computer. I was like, how do you do that? And why would we do that? And now it's like, right thank God we did that or we would not even exist. Um, yeah. yeah. How, how is that? I mean, that's kind of a, uh, you opening up to the world, essentially anybody that can click the link. I mean, how is that an adjustment? I know the breweries talked a lot about, uh, we have a, a closed group and we do video occasionally because, you know, we try to make sure that it's a space where people can really share what's really going on. Yeah. And that can be detrimental to, other relationships they might have online. Cause now it's not, I mean, back in the day it was like a blog. So yeah. you just kind of like, you, you know that your circle is seeing what they're seeing and they might share it out. But now, I mean, we're having seriously whole relationships that are online. And, oh, um, I know, yeah. How, how was that like saying yes to you? I know you did, you mentioned earlier, um, radio cast, you know, like that vulnerability element. Cause you, you, you have brought a lot more vulnerability, I think in the last little bit. Um, knowing that goes out to the stratosphere. I mean, how does that, how is that? I don't mean to, no, yeah, no it's okay. You can to. interview us too. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, I've always tried to live a very transparent life. So that's part of what I, I, I part of my work. Um, so I, I've evolved into being comfortable with it, you know? Um, mm. but there are times where I share stuff that's a little close to home and, and, you know, you're like, Oh man, what if, my ex heard this or what if the person I'm talking about heard this, you know, and likelihood is that someone yeah. will say something, you know, like someone made this little picture of me with a quote on it and uh, from one of my talks and I really liked it, but I was like, 
oh my gosh, if I put this out on Instagram, they're going to know exactly who they are, you know? So I didn't put it on Instagram, (laughs) um, you know, and, and I watch myself what I put on, on, um, it's sad. I have to watch what I put on Twitter because I'm so afraid of my progressive brothers and sisters nowadays. Um, more than my conservative brothers and sisters because they can yell and bark all day, but they don't. They can't shut you down. Um, but my mm-hmm. my more uh, progressive brothers and sisters kind of get kind of wild, and I'm always afraid. Like, well, what if this is misconstrued, and I'm reading through it now. It's so weird. Like, I just I don't feel like any place is safe. That's why I have a hard time with safe spaces. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, go to AA mm-hmm. or get a start a safe space group. But you know, it's to be online and stuff like that. It's just not a safe place anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's choosing your words wisely, but also realizing like what you're called to do, you know, when you're called to be radical and, and revolutionary and, and, uh, you know, I guess that's kind of the punk rock deal is bring it all to the table and, you know, let people yeah. take what they want and leave the rest behind. And so, you know, if they push you away, they push you away. Um, so the most part I don't censor yeah. myself, I censor myself a little bit, but that's usually just because I'm afraid either the person's not going to understand exactly what I'm saying or it's going to be misconstrued. And so I'm just sure, like, you know, I'm sure. going to table that and wait until I put it on the sermon. And so I'll just build a sermon around something I was going to tweet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I want to say this, but I need to say it in a more clear way that's past 180 characters or that you couldn't put a little right, screenshot right. on, you know? And so you just learn to just communicate with people. And I don't know. I, I mean, for me, talks are like, kids you know i mean you like raise them and you build them up and then you put them out there and then what happens to them when they're out there is not really up to you anymore it's kind of up to who the listener is and so yeah absolutely you know that's that's what that's what i try to do and uh i mean after coming out as affirming i don't know if anybody can hit me as hard as that did so you know i mean i lost everything you know almost so Mm. And then eventually my mom died and then my wife left me and then I got remarried and my next wife left, you know, we got divorced. And so I've lost a lot. So, you know, I just want to keep my kids and be able to feed them and, and, and do what I love. And with, this is what I do, you know, as this is what I love to do. So just continue to do that the best I can. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that suffering became a, um, a shitty tool, but a tool nonetheless, you know what I mean? Golly. No, you just kind of use what's given to you. No, it's not. Yeah. You don't want to imagine it. And uh, I'm, I, my hope is that I can share enough stuff with people that, you know, not that they have to go through it, but you might go through it and but and remember what I said, or you might have it and have somebody else who's going through it and be able to help them, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. Um, yeah. And my life is not as bad as most people. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people get divorced and have mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, so one of the things we do, I guess we'll, we'll go on is um, we always ask people what they think we could add to the church or take away from the church or just or do more of do more or do of. better at. Um, right. And so this is your time to shine. <laughs> Be as brutal um, as you want. Push back. Will I cry later? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, or forever hold I'm trying peace. to think. I know that was the. Uh, I knew that was like the big finish, right? Yeah. The podcast. And I was like, shit, what do I say? Um, I think, you know, back to what I said in the beginning, the opening of like, you guys are already expanding. You know, you're already saying things like, you know, the other might be not even allowed in this, like seemingly not accepted in this room. And we're going to challenge that and say like, no, we need like uh, people that identify as 
is a weird way to say this, but like identify as right believers or not believers or whatever, it would challenge us to be in the same room with us and or the same, you know, internet space as us and and be there. I think that's a huge thing to keep doing. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if you would not, not do it. I mean, it seems like it's core to who y'all are becoming. Um, uh, the only, the only answer that I thought was like, Oh, what could be, what could be cool? And this just dates me a bit, but like, I, I'm a merch person. So I'm yeah. like, man, it'd be cool to see like stickers. I have like, he just brought that up. Yeah. I've stickers been from along that. the whole way. What's that? I said, yeah, I've been telling Jay that I was just, before we started today, I was like, man, we got to get on that merch game on that right. merch hustle, bro. Merchandising. It's just going yeah. to the, it's not even the merchandise is as much as it is, is taking the orders and filling the orders and going to the post office and making sure people get stuff on time. And yeah, and then another. keeping calculate everything you have in your brain, like how many mediums do we have left and how many of these stickers, you know, mm-hmm. cause I have a tendency to just give stuff away and I have to like write everything down. I give away. So I just, <laughs> I overthink things too. So I get like overwhelmed. I, I, I want to do mm-hmm. a shirt or a sticker or something with grace. This is grace with the anarchy symbol in the a. So we're going to try sure. to get somebody to come up with something like that. Um, but yeah, so we'll, I mean, we'll, we, we that to, was the, that was the only thing really like I thought uh, that would would multiply the the space right I mean yeah um, with love is a sea when we went we went five years and we did t-shirts and it was just like a thing like we're not going anywhere as far as we can tell yeah and we want to you know put that out there and see what people do we didn't know if they were gonna like it all we ordered like twelve shirts just to mm-hmm. see and. But now all the time I'm like, people are like, Hey, do you have those? And they don't even wear our jewelry. They just think it's a cool image, you know? Oh, that's cool. Um, and, uh, but it's that conversation starter, you know, like, but like I said, that kind of dates me in the sense that I grew up, the shows were like five bucks and the shirts were 10 and you could just like, you've got every shirt that every band that came through, even if they weren't that great. No, I know. I did. Yeah, I used to do that what they the were time. doing. Yeah. Yeah. A million so stickers. Maybe that's not the medium anymore. Maybe the, maybe it really is like uh, being present online and and becoming, you know, living it out in your digital life. But which y'all do really well. And I think that this whole um, run y'all are doing with meeting people that uh, listen in or that have been ex- uh, have had experiences with y'all without even ever. I mean, I happen to have been able to meet you at a book signing, but you know, I've, I've never attended live. You know. Um, but that didn't change that I felt like a part of it in That's Atlanta awesome. and in New York and, and in Minnesota. Like there, there's no, uh, there's no distance in my head. It's oh, just a matter cool. of a zip code, you know? So. That's really cool. That's very cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Totally. Makes it very happy. I always feel good after these things. Most of the time there was maybe one time I did. <laughs> <laughs> 98% of the time I feel good after these. Um, <laughs> You know, can I flip the question? I mean, what can we do? I mean, um, you guys, you guys are doing the three podcasts, right? You do Post Christian, Sacred Collective, Revolution Church. Yeah, he does a lot. He, um, Caleb does most of this uh, that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Caleb got this thing going. Afterglow, Afterglow. Mm-hmm. Now, Afterglow and the service have become one because of Caleb's persistency <laughs> for bugging Jay for two years. I have to start. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have to start tuning into Afterglow. I feel like that's such a dynamic. Like well, we actually started. My, we just started we tagging. Just it. started tagging it on to the sermons. So now, like the last few talks have been tagged on. So you can start to listen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This last one that just came out today, you can hear somebody give me like fifteen minutes worth of pushback, which is 
And oh it's a medical God. doctor, so he literally dissects my talk. It's pretty insane. Oh, no. He's not going to hear this, right? He might hear it. Okay. John. Hi, John. Hi, John. No, John's a good guy. He's just, <laughs> he's a doctor. I mean, he's literally a medical doctor, so how he thinks is mm-hmm. that way, and I don't think that way. So you'd put me, high school dropout, like, mm-hmm. and then medical doctor being like, well, actually, Jay, if you... Mm-hmm. But um, it's good to get pushed back, you know. No, I like criticism it. or you know constructive criticism. It makes me feel alive, right? So, but yeah. as far as what can people do, you know, I mean, honestly, like Caleb is doing a lot, um, and Caleb also works double shifts almost every day. Um, doesn't have a car right now, um, you know. We've been trying oh to get him, been trying to get wanting to raise enough money to get him on payroll. Um. You know, we used, years ago we had like seven staff members, and we all even had insurance. So it was pretty crazy. Um, mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. I'm the only staff member. You know, um, I'd like to see the church be able to have enough funds to be able to have Caleb on at least part time. You know, and see him getting paid for the work he does because he does his work for most people for mm-hmm. nothing, and that's probably not a good thing. And uh, I can see it wearing on him a little bit. And uh, you know, we're we're doing this right now because Caleb was like, "Hey, we should do this." And, you know, we do the afterglow because Caleb was like, "Oh, we should do this." And I was like, uh, "You yeah. know, I'm always like, I don't want to do anything else." You know, um, <laughs> but Caleb's like, "I'll do it." I'm like, "Okay." You know, and now we're doing it. You know, and it's it's helping. So I mean, really, we could use. I mean, it sounds stupid. We could use financial support, or we could use somebody who knows how to raise yeah. funds to come in and say, "Okay, guys, here, this is how you do it." You know, and yeah. uh, that's that's something that we. If anyone listening. If they want to help us either put together a Kickstarter or, you know, something we, we could use that. We could also use, um, if anyone has some extra audio gear, um, just to, and that would, okay. that would be something that people could, could hear immediately is improving the, the quality of the product that we're putting out. I feel pretty good about the quality of, of the podcasts that I produce that are in a, a controlled setting, but recording at Bryant Lake Bowl mm-hmm. in a noisy bowling alley, when people listen to the afterglow, it's, it's much, much lower quality than I'm capable of putting out, but but my hands are kind of tied with, um, with, with the equipment and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, if anyone's listening has just some used old beat up, especially, I mean, we need condenser mics, headset or headphones, um, mic stands even, if someone, like, we, we can maybe pay for the shipping if someone wants to... Yeah. Ship something to us. And I've been gun shy so many years because of my dad and my parents about raising sure. money that I just never really made it a major focus, you know? Like, I'm just like, it'll yeah. just magically yeah. come. And I've realized over like this past <laughs> few months where we've been putting extra work in that it hasn't necessarily been bringing, you know, extra support in. And so we definitely could use support for, from people out there. It's know? such a hard conversation to have. Yeah. I'm sure, like, also with, with a, a mainly online community, I know yeah. even the brewery, we're kind of like, we meet at a at a church that lets us use their space, you know, like yeah. And it's how do we how do we figure out what's what's fairness with that, you know? And we've never taken a any kind of pay for what we've done. It's been eleven years, yeah. you know. And it's like, man, that when that was a heavy part of of the decision making to go into teaching or scholarship of some kind, because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's there's kind of like a set standard thing there. Yeah. Um, no, it's and, hard. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just, hard to ask. Mm-hmm. It's awkward. Know. We don't want to. We're not trying to get rich here. You know, we're just trying to keep the no. boat afloat, <laughs> keep it going. You know, and uh, yeah. having kids and yeah. stuff and doing this full time is is a blessing. You know, but it's also tough. So, mm-hmm. and seeing Caleb yeah. work just his ass off and 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 struggle that you know that's, right. that, that's tough too. So, yeah, you ask and you shall receive. <laughs> that is the answer to our question. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
You know, I'm sure awesome. there'll be, there's always more, you know, there's always like, oh, we'll need to, you know, but somebody came and built our website for us recently. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, Josh. Yeah, Josh. It's great. Did, I love it. Yeah, Josh put our website together yeah. finally after like six years of being here. And, you know, like all this kind of stuff just kind of has happened. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, now we just need to, you know, figure out how to make this thing stay afloat financially so yeah anyway enough about money yeah right on man thanks for being on and thanks for hanging out with hey, us thank you yeah yeah i appreciate it i appreciate all y'all do and and what we're and what we're, i'm getting out of it you know i I'm always know it's a, it's a safe place to be oh, and it kept you, me grounded in christianity when i was ready to let it kind of let it become minor so i'm thankful for that message of grace on repeat cool so, well, so yeah we'll do you want to do you want to say again uh, the name and, and location of the ministries that you're involved in, in case there's any listeners who are in your neighborhood who want to check it out. Just do a little plug. Sure. I mean, I'd, I'd rather them, them follow you guys, honestly. But, um, <laughs> That's nice. Well, they're not going to hear this, <laughs> you know, if they're not already following this. <laughs> well, right, right, right. Um, so I'm in Corpus Christi, Texas. I do the Brewery CC. Um, we set up. Um, once a week, and it's a multi-faith dialogue. Um, and it's not a church, but a multi-faith dialogue, so anybody can come in and have that conversation. Um, my wife and I own a jewelry business here in Corpus Christi called Love is a Seed, where we do contemplative jewelry and set up um, uh, spaces for people to have conversations about what they wear and how they are um, expressing themselves and what stories they're telling themselves. So um, those are the two main things that we do. Um and I'm proud to be a uh, member of Revolution, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things that y'all are doing. Awesome. Thanks, man. I just followed you guys' jewelry on, 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 the twi- on the Instagram. So <laughs> I love jewelry. So much so. blessings. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, keep up the good work and um, stay in touch on Instagram. Will do. Thank y'all Thanks so much. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks for listening. Yeah, right on. We'll be Any in touch, other brother. Things, questions, let me know. Okay. Right, sounds good. Right on. Thanks, buddy. Later. Later. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Hi, I'm Caleb with Post-Christian Podcasting. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like The Sacred Collective. We need more more voices, I think, to kind of get up and say this is not okay for sure yeah start with your article and we'll interrupt you all right so my article is just basically my story and i'll write um read it and you guys stop me anytime and ask me questions Perfect. all right most people didn't know that at one point in my life i checked myself into conversion therapy i recount my memories or the lack thereof the dangers of gay conversion therapy also called reparative therapy has been brought to light in the wake of Gerard Conley's memoir, Boy Erased, and now the twice-nominated Golden Globe movie. Besides the numerous articles outlining this dangerous practice, the film acted as a catapult for personal stories from ex-gay therapy survivors like myself. I remember sitting in a theater watching the film with my husband and friends unable to move. My husband must have sensed my tension because he tried to gently hold my hand, but they remained motionless clenched at my sides throughout its entirety. I couldn't move. I never spoke about my experience with how I checked myself into gay conversion therapy. Most of my friends don't even know that part of my life. 
It was a weekend night when I came home from work and I walked into the house where I noticed both my parents in the kitchen. I've done it almost every day, but this time around, things seemed different. The air was tense and I could feel something impending. Walking into the kitchen, I saw my mom fervently washing the dishes quietly with her back towards me, and my dad sitting next to the table with one leg over the other quietly looking down. My eyes traveled to the rectangular object on the table and my heart stopped. There, laying on the kitchen table, was a gay porn falcon video I stashed in my room, adorned with butch leathermen on every surface of the VHS tape sleeve. My heart, my heart stopped and dropped, and my surroundings began spinning in slow motion. I was caught, and there was no getting out of it. I was closeted and still living with my conservative Romanian Pentecostal parents, because in my culture, you don't move out until you're married. Needless to say, all my friends at the time got married in their early 20s, and I was still look a good Christian boy waiting for the right girl. Quotes. My parents took me to the garage and ordered me to smash the VHS tape to pieces with a hammer while they prayed to cast out any gay demons in the name of Jesus. My mom didn't speak of the event again, and my dad told me to, quote, just stop being gay. If it were possible, I would have, but I couldn't and I didn't. I was living a double life where at church, I was a good Christian boy. While on my free time, I'd sneak away with men I'd meet online or at the bar. I was miserable, depressed, and torn. There had to be a way out of it, I thought. That's when I stopped by the local Christian bookstore. I peered through the shelves in the men's section, looking cool and casual on the outside, while my stomach was in knots on the inside. Topics of how to be a godly man, sexual purity, fatherhood, warriors, sports, etc. took precedence. Then there it was. Tucked away was the book on how to break free from the, quote, bondage of homosexuality. That was a post-Christian podcast. <laughs>